What's up and welcome back, Whisper Nation, to part two of the matchup breakdown right here with your boys, the Fantasy Whispers. I'll be joined by my co-host, Big Travi, the one and the only, in just a second. But did you know that I know we go through every single matchup in these weekly games, but if you have a direct question about a specific sit-start. Did you know that we go live Sunday morning on YouTube to answer every single sit-start question you possibly have? Well, if you didn't know, now you know. Go ahead on over to youtube.com forward slash the Fantasy Whispers. Make sure you hit that subscribe, hit that bell, so you get notified right when we go live on Sunday mornings, which is 90 minutes before kickoff. Hope to see you then, Whisper Nation. Let's get to this video. Right here. That's right. Like Johnny said, we're going to be talking the second half of the NFL slate of matchups for week 12. As he said, you can get on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe there because we've got that Sunday morning lineup show to answer all your live questions. But Johnny Whisper Nation, we're giving away a signed Joe Mixon jersey. If you go to patreon.com forward slash the fantasy whispers. That's right. Joe Mixon, baby, mixing it up. Uh, and if you subscribe at the $10 level at patreon.com forward slash the fantasy whispers, you'll get entered into that. And every raffle here on out every month, we're giving away a signed NFL Jersey from some of your favorite fantasy football stars. I can't beat it. Welcome all the way in whisper nation. My name is big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at big Travi TFW. I'm joined by the man you heard first, Johnny game time Hicks on Twitter as at Johnny underscore game time. <laughs> as Johnny, the one the only Johnny we're uh recording this before Thanksgiving but we're not talking any Thanksgiving day games that's on part one so make sure you guys go check that out but typically after Thanksgiving is Black Friday I wanted to ask you if you've ever snagged yourself if you have a Black Friday deal that you're proud of um the one that really sticks in your heart is, is something you got away with on Black Friday I know you're a big you know you're a big haggler you go out there and you go to those garage sales and you talk people yeah, into man giving you gems anything on black friday are you a black friday shopper i do like me some black friday shopping uh it is it is one it's fun i mean it's not as fun as it used to be big travi uh the hype has kind of certainly died down especially with a lot of internet deals going on nowadays and things like that but back in the day it used to be a much bigger thing like it was like oh we're going out at midnight you gotta wait it was there was a lot of hype and excitement around it as you're eating your your Thanksgiving meal. Your boy, one one year, this is probably the best one I got. Your boy went. The Madden was like sold out everywhere. Mm-hmm. Went to a uh, a Walmart and went and there was of course couldn't find it anywhere. Like they weren't releasing it. Whatever. Went to the back where the video game section was. And they had a copy that was still behind the glass. And so I asked this employee. So you broke the glass. No, dude. So I asked the employee if he could give it like, uh, let me have it. Because it was a great deal, right? It was like 20 bucks or something. It was was a Madden with Peyton Hillis on there. Oh, man. That's why it was such a good deal. Yeah. This was last year, by the way. No, it wasn't. It was not last year. (laughs) It was back when we were in college and we'd all play, you know, we'd all uh, rotate back at the, at the house and and flag, you know? And uh, so anyway, I wanted my own copy. He ended up giving it to me. And then I heard on the radio, right. When he like had given, it was like the dude, it was like, but yeah, do not open 
any more game uh, or let any customers into the gaming section. Oh, Those games man. are out. And, bro, I bolted. I was like, I'm going. It's already off, in my dude. hand. It was gone. He gone. I was gone. So that was probably that was probably my best one. How about you? Do you get any? You big Black Friday? I'm not shopper? a big Black Friday shopper, so I don't yeah. really have much. I remember getting a good TV or good TV deal uh, a few years back. Oh, yeah. PlayStation Four from Best Buy, I think. I oh, that's a good one. Um, or maybe it was a PlayStation Three. I can't remember. But yeah, so there's been a couple. But I tend to like to just chill on Black Friday. One of my favorite things to do on Black Friday. We've done it only once, but I like going to. Vegas on Thanksgiving or before Thanksgiving? I love doing this, but I've only done it once. But, 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 but it's, like, my, it's my favorite thing in the world. One of my favorite things ever uh, is we all went as a group to Vegas after Turkey Day, the, the Friday after, and spent the weekend there. So now, that, was there a lot of people there, or was it? It was kind of dead, which was nice. Yeah. I didn't want it to be too busy. You get to go gamble, get to go to the bar, just hang out, chill. Um, yeah. So that was kind of a very a way similar I, to like your experience that, uh, when you went like a year ago as well, huh? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just like but uh, more enjoyable. After yeah, much more enjoyable because I've done it twice now. I'm sorry. I, I've done it once. The last year was the worst, but it was during COVID. So that, yeah. you know, you can understand why that would be like that. Yeah. Anyways, Whisper Nation, this show is getting off the rails, uh, but. It stays on the rails with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. When it comes to below-the-waist grooming, Johnny, there's no need to look any further than Manscaped. Our friends over at Manscaped are here to upgrade your grooming experience. And you can join the 2 million men worldwide by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. One more time, 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code TFWMAN. You won't. You won't do it. All right, Johnny, we will get into these games. And the first one we're going to talk about is the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. Johnny, when we look at this team for the Pittsburgh Steelers, we know Najee Harris has been an absolute smash start. He's been a big payoff. You know, actually, both running backs in this matchup, Joe Mixon and Najee Harris, have been big second-round payoffs for you in fantasy football. So no need to really get into Najee Harris. You know he's good at football. We talk about it. Similar to Deontay Johnson, uh, who has been the main vein in this offense, he's firmly in a, a wide receiver, too, in PPR, and he's going to probably stay that way the rest of the year. I wanted to dive into Chase Claypool. All right, so this game, it's a 45 over under. Uh, we've got Cincinnati favored by three and a half at home, so it should be somewhat uh, close. We'll see what the weather ends up panning, like, uh, panning out like in this game. But Chase Claypool, last week, highest target total since week four, highest yardage since week five. And you look at him on the year, he's only scored one touchdown. Obviously, um, he is exactly the wide receiver 36 in points per game. And I think Big Ben's end consistencies, he's likely going to remain that way. He's a little bit big play. He's limited in big play upside because of Big Ben. And he's 25th in catchable ball rate. So that's what we're looking at right now is that he's just not been able to get. I mean, they. I was looking on Twitter this morning, Johnny. They have these video, these clips of him getting wide open and beating Chargers defenders last week and just hitting his helmet because he's like, Ben, you, you got to hit me on this. Um, so Claypool for me, I don't know if I can start him in this one against Cincinnati. They've been pretty tough on the outside, but Deontay. Um, we're obviously starting him in most lines since he is a since he, I wanted to give a little bit of confidence here because we look at since he on our, you know, on our apps, it shows red. If yeah. we're looking at the points allowed, they're sixth fewest in points per game allowed to wide receivers. The good news for Deontay and our Deontay truthers out there since he has allowed the 10th most receptions to wide receivers down the year. So 
they're that's right up Deontay's yeah. alley because we want to be able to target. Uh, we want to be able to get a bunch of soaked up targets there. But uh, maybe our favorite guy rocking in this lineup coming on of late is Friar Muth, dude, the Muth, and he's loose again, dude. Yeah, he is. And listen, uh, Cincinnati, we used to talk about it, how they were actually a, a pretty difficult defense against the tight end. But they have eased up as of the last five weeks. They've now they're more so middle of the pack. So it's not as scary when you're starting your tight ends against Cincinnati, but you're talking about it. Like the Muth is loose and, and he certainly has been Travis. He is. He's seen only less than 17% of the target market share uh, one time in the last five games, 30, 30 or more receiving yards in three out of those five games as well. So, uh, you know, 30 receiving yards, you know, for a wide receiver wouldn't be that much. But when you're talking about a tight end, that's pretty decent in the landscape. Talk about all these tight ends that are up and down. You like that he's getting the target share and that he's getting a solid base when it comes to a tight end. And then check this out, big trap. Did you say he has a solid base, dude? He has, he has a very solid base. I would say it. it's all about that base. You know it. Uh and check this out, Travis. This is crazy. And I hadn't seen, I had to like double check this stat because I almost didn't believe it. 12 red zone targets and four receiving touchdowns in the last five weeks, Travis. Like I knew about the four touchdowns we had seen that, but 12 red yeah, zone dude, targets. I, you, if you would have bunch of them so you're playing mooth this week you know whisper nation you know where johnny got those stats right my waiver wire article from a couple weeks ago dude i've been trying to tell people about fryer mooth for a couple weeks now he is actually he's broken the mold for me on rookie tight ends where i don't trust them i won't even pick him up it's the second year no he he was drafted this year no he was drafted last year no fryer mooth's a rookie this year buddy I'm going to double check that and yeah. vet it right now. But that's what I'm saying. He's 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 breaking the mold for me on rookies because he's a guy um, that came in and is actually – he's fitting a role on this offense. He's taking that juju role over completely. And so for me, Fryermuth is a big, big must play going forward. I think he's going to retain that role in a big way. I like him this week as well. On the, on the Cincinnati Bengals side of the ball, Johnny, uh, we wanted to ask, like, just Burrow – bounce back in this game here and you know after five straight games of 20 or more fantasy points for burrow he has less than nine in each of his last two games he continues to have a really really low floor that is concerning and steering us away and if you look at the schedule down the stretch it doesn't look great now pittsburgh they have been susceptible to qp as of late giving up 17 points per game to the quarterback we just saw justin herbert get home on them in a big way monster game last week i'm torn i think he's showing us a streamer's floor but given pittsburgh's recent struggles i think he is again a back-end qb1 so it's tough you're plugging your nose a little bit with burrow these days but i think you got to get him in there and i think this is a good spot with for them at home quickly touching in on joe mixon johnny now the rb6 and ppr as we talked about despite the bye week absolute elite running back usage and it's paying off in a big way after spending most of the year as a top five defense against the running back, Pittsburgh is now allowing 18 points per game in the position. A lot of that will have to do with Eckler last week, but some of those, you know, Swift got there on, on yeah. them. All three running backs for, for Detroit kind of got there on them. So they are, they've been a little bit porous over the last couple of weeks. But Johnny, I want to break down these wide receivers because Chase obviously is the big dog we like to talk about. Higgins was coming off of some good usage and then last week dipped a little low. Where are we at with these guys in this spot? 
Yeah, very similar to what the situation is uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers at the running back position, Travis, and letting up over the recent weeks. They've done the same with wide receivers. Over the last five weeks, they have been a top five matchup for wide receivers. So you're definitely getting Jamar Chase in there. Listen, he's averaging about 28% of the target share and three out of the last four games. You love the amount of targets that Joe Burrow is like funneling his way. T Higgins, I understand he is, he was, should have been a good play last week. I know that we told some play, uh, people to play him. The, the matchup dictated that and it fell through, but I'm going to come back in. I'm going to say that you can play him again in this matchup. Uh, despite just seeing 10% targets last week, I think is a bounce back week for him. And I, I feel confident in playing him. Moving on to the next matchup. This is a real barn burner here. The Atlanta Falcons are visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, this week 12 has some really bad matchups. Yeah, it really Uh, does. I was like doing the notes and I'm like, man, this is is some god awful matchups here. Well, the Jaguars are only underdogs by one at home. It's a 46 and a half over under. We look at the dismal Atlanta Falcons right now, and that has to start and end basically with Matt Ryan, who has. Now seven or fewer fantasy points in three of his last four games. Oh my god, sounds hideous. Yeah, you can and you will do better than Matt Ryan. I I suggest you go nowhere near him. Now we move to Corderell Patterson, who was an RB one prior to his injury. Should be back in line for a lot of usage if he goes. We're going to need a moderate status. Some reports are saying he was close close to playing last Thursday night. We'll see what happens. You'll know more by the time you hear this. But if he plays, this is a great spot. Despite the matchup because the matchup's been a little bit tough against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I think this game is going to be close and Patterson's kind of that hybrid as Johnny likes to call him the fantasy glitch. He'll get there in receiving. He'll get there in rushing. He's got different ways to get there. So if he goes, he's definitely in your lineup. If he doesn't go, you're not starting anybody in the backfield here. Mike Davis in relief last week saw his fewest carries on the year with three and picked up just one yard against the Patriots last week. Wayne Gallman, who we thought might've had a shot here. Well, he picked up, just one carry for negative yards. So really big fade on either if CPAT miss. Thoughts and prayers to you if you're having to consider them at all. Uh, Johnny, <laughs> let's move on to Kyle Pitts uh, as a check-in here. We've talked about him as a buy low. You like him in this spot here? Yeah, you're definitely starting him in this matchup. The Jags fall just outside of the top 12 for matchups for tight ends. But we know that not only uh, does he line up in the tight end position, but he also lines up all over the field, including outside as a wide receiver. And we just so happen to be lucky enough that the Jags allow the seventh most uh, fantasy points to wide receivers this season. So definitely get Kyle Pitts in your lineup this week. Abso-freaking-lutely. On the Jacksonville Jaguars side, basically we're down to two players, James Robinson and Dan Arnold, because Johnny, DJ Shark, dead. LaVisca Chenault, might as well be dead. (laughs) Jamal Agnew, dead. Actually dead. (laughs) Yeah, so like um, Dan Arnold is now, even after a zero, he kind of showed up dead for you in your roster last week. He's a dead spot, at least. We like him as the most trustworthy pass catcher here. Do you like him in this matchup, Johnny? I do trust him as the most trustworthy um, pass catcher here. I'm trying to stay away from this game if I can. And actually, sneakily, I would suggest benching uh, Dan Arnold going in a different direction. Sneaky. If you yeah, it's, it's a, a unfortunate, but the matchup Atlanta over the last four weeks have been the third most difficult matchup for opposing tight ends. Uh, and, uh, you know, you do like the market share because prior to last week, he had three straight weeks of over 19 uh, target percent uh, target share for the Jags. 
So if you don't have another route, we know that the waiver wire was very thin at tight end this week. But I would go to like maybe an Austin Hooper this week over a Dan Arnold. I do think Dan Arnold is a bit of a trap. Hey, Arnold. Hey, All right. Arnold. James Robinson, really quickly, 11 or more PPR fantasy points in every game he's finished since week two. Um, he's settled right into the perfect RB2 in PPR formats based on volume, regardless of the matchup. This is a nice spot with the Jags only one-point underdogs at home. J-Rob likely won't even get scripted out of this game, so we really like this spot for our stud there. Moving on, we have the Denver Broncos hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a 47-point over-under with the Chargers favored by two and a half on the road here. Um Johnny, we had big Mike Williams kind of regain his big play form. Do we think this continues this week and, and going forward for Mike Williams? I don't think it does. Uh, big Travis. We also had Mike Williams as a sell high on our, uh, you know, last trade show of the year. And not only is it, um, that the matchup isn't that great. I mean, Denver averaging 32.9 fantasy points to opposing wide receivers per game uh, on average over the last, you know, five weeks. But even though it's a tantalizing uh, matchup, here's where my issue is. BMW has only broken 14% target share in just uh, one time in the last five weeks. And that even includes last week, Big Travi. He didn't see over 15% uh, of the target. So it's, you know, that big explosive play, you're really begging for it or hoping that one of those targets comes in the red area and that he can sneak away with a touchdown. It It is possible against Denver, but you don't necessarily, like I wouldn't bank on it. I wouldn't be starting him unless I needed to this week but Keenan Allen I'll just touch on him he hasn't seen less than 31% of the targets in the last four games Sheesh. so yeah he's really taken on remember we were we we're saying oh if BMW gets that you know Michael Thomas role then he should be ready to roll and he was getting it in the beginning of the season but now it's flipped they've decided no Keenan Allen needs to have that which is rightfully so it didn't really make sense why they didn't give it to him in the, in the first place but uh Keenan Allen good to go uh in this matchup yeah, and the bigger question for the Chargers is who will Herbert be this week? Which yeah. Justin Herbert are we going to get? So he's essentially... I heard, I I heard someone on Twitter say that uh, Herbert was the Tyler Lockett. I tweeted that out. Oh, you, you didn't even like that Yeah, you didn't even uh, like that tweet. Yeah. I didn't get a single like on well, that. Well, no, I'm I like, was going to like it, and I just... And then I mean, you saw it was me, and you're like, oh, I'm going to just... That's where it was. Yeah, so yeah, I did say that. That was uh, my first line in the notes here one. is that I s essentially think he's the Tyler Lockett of QBs. In 10 games played, he has 30 or more fantasy points in four of them. And then he's got 16 or less in five of his 10 games played. So really, the inconsistency is maddening. We saw our friend Stepmom Lauren uh, phone in a video to Adam Rank saying, what the hell's going on, Justin Herbert? I can't take it anymore. QB five in overall points. But in those four games over 30, He's in the top five. And the other finishes, he was outside the top 12. I'm afraid we might have one of those outside of the top 12 finishes against Denver, who has been bottom five in points allowed to the QB position. So, again, very similar to Burrow with much more upside. Herbert is a guy like you're plugging your nose and starting because he's a back-end QB1. But just know that you should probably try and make up for his uh, potential floor uh, in these matchups with some swing and upside on other plays, right? So this is a tough spot to be in. I, I wonder if Herbert's going to be the downfall for a lot of teams in, in the playoffs because look at playoffs. him as a, yeah, look at him as a player that just, you know, can he get there at, at any time? Yeah. Will he? I don't know.
Well, and that's the you said, oh, I didn't get any likes on it. You know why? Because everyone is a Herbert fan. Yeah, and what's that, not and, to like? To be yeah, honest, like what's not to it, like? We love we love Herbert. I think that's where it's coming in. You know, we have this positive affirmation towards him. Yes, and and I get and that. You hate and, him. Well, I, I it's not that I hate him. It was no, just I that know. I I had a lot of concern. I had these can very concerns, and and your boy took a lot of flack all off season because I was like one of the only ones off of Herbert because of you know the a new offensive coordinator and whatnot and all this and and the inconsistency that I was I was seeing and and here we are here we are week twelve and we're discussing it. Uh, but I, I do think that you're you're spot on. There's a lot of concern right now with Herbert. Can he do yeah. it? Absolutely. The the ceiling is, you know, like Michael Jordan would say, the ceiling is the roof with Herbert. I think he's kind of morphing into what we thought uh, Matt Stafford was going to be. We'll see oh, what Matt yeah. Stafford levels out to be, but he definitely seems to be more on par with that. In yeah. big games where this offense can get clicking, boom, they're good. In teams that can kind of slow them down, We'll see. Now, this is a decent over under 47 points, so I think it could sneak to the upside. But I think Vegas kind of hedges their bet with that when the Chargers are playing. This is in Denver, a West Coast team traveling to Denver in the elevation. I don't know if I if I really trust it too much here, but we'll see what happens. Eckler is uh, on fire. If it if it weren't for Jonathan Taylor's five touchdown game, we'd be talking about Austin Eckler a whole lot more. He's good at real and fantasy football. Johnny, I I just had that written down here. Just so you guys know, (laughs) only one game over 11. 11 PPR points this season middle of the road uh, against the running back is or are the Denver Broncos but Eckler has 15 or more PPR points in his last three contests against Denver so we like Eckler no matter what but just a little bit of um, just just, confidence in Eckler there is is Garrett Blunt the worst best fantasy football player we've ever had worst best yeah because you said you're you're like one. you're like he's not only good in fantasy but in well, real I thought life. Legarrette Blunt was decent at football too. Like especially when he yeah. came out, he was pretty good. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I can see that. That would be a good. Um, maybe Eddie Lacy was the Ooh, don't oh. worst best Fe- player. Feast mode, feast yeah, mode. feast mode. Uh, on the Denver Broncos side, we have this backfield that's a bit of a conundrum. So I'm going to try and break down the Bronco backfield post buy here. Um, I think the first 10 weeks are a nice indication of what we're probably going to see, a, a, you know, down the stretch, barring an injury from Gordon and Williams. MG3 is RB2 and pr- and the primary red zone or goal line back with seven more attempts inside the red area of the field than Williams this year. So we know he's the money back for them. Uh, Williams is an RB3, though, and a flex play given 12.7 touches per game. Javante is more efficient, breaks more tackles, but right now Gordon is better. He's just better for fantasy. He's doing the things, you know, more consistently that we need in our lineup. So he's going to be ranked ahead of him. This team's low volume and slow place play style caps the running back ceilings, but we like uh, Melvin Gordon over Javante most weeks until things change. I would be interested to see if the scales tip more after the bye week because we see that happen sometimes as, as things get implemented. The Chargers remain a top four unit to target in points allowed to the running back position. And it makes both backs a good play this week in fantasy for me, because again, 12.7 touches for uh, Javante Williams is no joke. And and especially with the desperation at the running back position, I think you could do a lot worse in your flex or your RB two spot than Javante Williams this week. Johnny, when we look at uh, the passing attack, how do we really project these guys in a low volume? Since Judy's come back, it's kind of downgraded our Sutton and Patrick shares in a big way. How do we feel about this going forward after the bye in this matchup? 
Boy, has it ever. Cortland Sutton, 16% or fewer targets in four straight games, including back-to-back 8% target games, Travis. That's horrible. Like, mm. you can you can go pick up tight ends, like backup tight ends that are getting 8% target share. No, I don't, I don't know if backup tight ends are quite getting there, but you get the point. It's ugly. Tim Patrick, you don't trust him. He'll have hit or miss games. It feels like a whack-a-mole situation with those two. But when it comes to Jerry Judy, on the other hand, he's been the most consistent of the three. After seeing just 16% target share in the first game back of his injury, he's had back-to-back games with over 26% of the team's target share. Travis, then you look at this matchup. Chargers are top 12 matchup for opposing wide receivers over the last four weeks. So Jerry Judy, you can get him in your lineup as a flex wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. I feel like he has a pretty safe floor. Now, when you're talking about uh, the other two, uh, I'm not playing Sutton or Tim Patrick if I can, if I can help it. Uh, Sutton, more so a wide receiver four in my eyes uh, this week. Now, Noah Fant is uh, a little interesting here. I would play Noah Fant. 16 or more percent target share in the last four games played. Top 10 finishes, two and two of those four games. And then you look at the matchup, Chargers giving up the eighth most fantasy points to tight ends over the last four weeks. So I do think Noah Fant, this is a place to where you can play him. All right, Johnny, we're going to move on to maybe one of the best games on the slate here. The Green Bay Packers are hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Great Might game. Be the best game on the slate. Yeah. Uh, it's looking like a, a a big one here. So the Packers are hosting the Rams. It's a 48 and a half point over under. Green Bay favored by just one point at home. Both of these teams vastly respected by the desert. They have a lot of weapons. Uh, they have a lot of, you know, good coaching on their side here. So we'll see who gets this one. When we start with the Rams side, Stafford, our slumping Stafford, is now going to face an old division foe here Oof. against the Packers, who he's played you multiple him? times. Revenge game? I think I'm starting Stafford because I think he's still a QB1. I know he's had some bad games. I know that they, they kind of slumped into the bye, but I think they'll be okay. What has gone wrong for Stafford? He finished inside the top 10 of the position in five of his first eight games. Now he has back-to-back finishes outside the top 15. Johnny, not looking great. Stafford lost Woods. This team has also shown some cracks in in protection. Heading into the bye, the Rams had been sacked seven times in the two games leading up to the off week. And after only surrendering seven in the previous game, so they were giving up their whole season total in two games. Uh, so that's something to monitor. Maybe the protection is an issue here. We'll see if that continues to happen there. As a Packers fan, I hope that's the issue there because I hope we get pressure on them. But Stafford will now face a familiar opponent from his time in Detroit. Green Bay has been tough on QBs in general, but just gave up over 300 yards and three touchdowns to our guy Kirk Cousins. Although that was in the dome, we'll see what kind of weather is involved here. 48 and a half point over under, though, means the Rams are probably going to score. But maybe as the Rams have gone, so has Daryl Henderson. So I actually think it could be a bigger Henderson game than maybe a Stafford game. Uh, We'll take a look at this. They're going to look, you know, the Rams are going to look to get right here, right, Johnny? So Will Henderson, he saw back-to-back games with season low and carries after with only 16 over his last two games. Like, that's not great. We don't like that going into the bye. He still out-touched Michelle, though. I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter and in our chat about Michelle coming up. He out-touched him 23-15 to 15 in those two games. We have to remember the boat race nature of those games probably meant Michelle got more touches in those games. This week, Henderson's going to get Packers. Uh, defense the uh, as only one point underdogs, the Packers over their last three games have given up double digit fantasy points to both Connor and Chase Edmonds, Daryl Williams in week 11, 
and then Dalvin Cook last week. So we actually like Daryl Henderson and the rushing offense for the Rams this mm-hmm. week, and I think you can get him back in your lineup with some confidence. Um, obviously, the pass catchers with the Woods injury here, Johnny, are you giving an upgrade to OBJ? Are you giving an upgrade to Higby? Where, where are you at with these guys? Yeah, so overall, Cooper Cup, as far as the actual weapons, wide receiver weapons on the outside, he's the only guy I'm interested in starting here. I still do think, I think OBJ does get a little bit more involved, but I'm still not quite uh, certain as the target market share that he's going to get. And you got to hope that he can, you know, catch a, a longer pass to potentially help make your day. So, uh, you know, with these wins coming along here and in uh, these weeks, you want to get the most certain points in your lineup that you can. Uh, and I just don't think that goes anywhere else but cup. Now you talk about where else can these points come from? Because, you know, Vegas does uh, think this is going to be a, a higher over under. Higby, you mentioned him. I understand it might be a little cringeworthy, and Higby has been disappointing, certainly to our expectations this year. However, I just want to note that if there is a you know Achilles heel per se to this Green Bay pass option, a uh, pass defense, it is the most susceptible at the tight end position. And then you look at Tyler Higby. I know that we talked about Pat Fryermuth having 12 red zone targets in the last five games. Well, Higby not too far behind him with 10 red zone targets in the last five games. That's a lot of red zone targets. But guess what, Big Travi? The reason he's not being talked about more, he's only caught one of those or come down with one touchdown. So I expect him to be also targeted in this game. Hopefully he catches a touchdown, and that's what we're hoping on most tight ends. So I think he has a better chance than most this week. So I'm okay playing Higby. Uh, a little bit of a, I mean, you got to stream somebody uh, at this point at the tight end position. Might as well yeah. be Higby, who's got he's in a t- he's in a really good offense and gets and some he's red. Probably zone. on your waivers because people yeah. don't trust him. Yeah, well, and rightfully so, I, but this I get it. a decent one. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay Packers are on the other side of the ball here, and it looks like, well, starting the week, it looked like A.J. Dillon was set to start again. We have Aaron yeah. Jones returning to practice as we record this, uh, really kind of not really knowing what's going to happen here. Uh, first, it was a possible ACL. Then it was an injured. Uh, then he re-injured the same MCL, probably out four weeks. Then it was a minor sprain, out one to two weeks. Now he's at practice. I have no idea what's going on. They're keeping it very hush-hush. Yeah. But I would think that if he goes and if Dylan goes, I don't mind either. Uh, I don't mind spot starting Dylan, but just remember, remember we're downgrading Dylan. If Jones goes to more of a flex play and, yes. and if he's not in there, I think he's on the RB one RB two borderline um, for that quietly had an efficient day last weekend. It was scoreless, but 97 yards against the Vikings uh, was a season high 75% of the team snaps. And he was targeted six times. He caught all six did AJ Dylan. I think mm-hmm. Dylan remains a must start in this over under and given his utilization in the offense, regardless of the tougher matchup, the Rams are in the bottom half in, points allowed to running backs but we i mean this is a different team for green bay they don't they don't do it a lot through the wide receiver they're going to do it through the running back there uh rogers right now johnny has a fractured toe um after the qb2 overall performance last week are you rolling with rogers even with the toe right now I, if I can help and and pivot, I would. That's what I would suggest. Uh, Rams are just averaging 17.2 fancy points to quarterbacks over the last four weeks. Talk about the toe. Uh, last week, you'd say, oh, well, Johnny blew up with the toe. Like, why would I get him out of my blew lineup? And toe. Yeah, he blew up his toe. Uh, well, Minnesota, very good matchup. They're very susceptible. They give up a lot of fancy points to quarterbacks. Rams, on the other hand, aren't so, you know, they, they give up, they're much more stout. So if I could pivot in a different way, especially with toe, I probably would. But if you have to throw them out there, 
it's Aaron Rodgers, so anything could happen. Yeah, trying to look up Green Bay, Wisconsin weather. Just looks like it's going to be clear, but 39 degrees. So nothing really to be worried about weather-wise. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I just, just wanted to look for my yeah for my own frozen yeah. Toe. yeah that's probably man might be good for his to, <laughs> yeah to maybe feed. maybe ice, ice it yeah. um, anything in the pass catchers outside of uh, Adams I know MVS had a a big game last week this is a potential shootout do we like MVS again this week I'm staying away from MVS uh, projected to get a majority of his or a fair amount of his snaps against Ramsey you don't like that uh, and and so I say don't chase the points there. Devonte Adams, on the other hand, I do think that you're, you know, you're starting Devonte Adams, uh, and he could still feast uh, even even in the best match or worst matchups. I love it. I love it, Johnny. I want to tell Whisper Nation what we love as well. That's Underdog Fantasy. Woo. It's the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. They have player prop bets like over under on touchdowns, receiving yardage, rushing totals, and more. And we're going to be helping you build a few bet slips each week when you go to Underdog.com. Uh, underdogfantasy.com or download the app you will get a 100% deposit match for up to $100 when you use the promo code TFW that's underdogfantasy.com and download the app and use the promo code TFW for $100 of matched money on your first deposit that's TFW for $100 also if you're listening to this on Wednesday we're going to post this on Wednesday and you make your deposit on Wednesday before turkey day they will match they will double your uh, entry that's the notification I just got on underdog so make sure you're getting over there if you're listening before Turkey Day, gobble, gobble. All right, the San Francisco 49ers are hosting the Minnesota Vikings in our next ma- next matchup. 48.5 point over under with the 49ers favored by three at home. Johnny, Kirk Cousins, man, has been absolutely dealing right now. The QB8 on the season, Cousins is turning it on as of late even. Top six finishes in six of ten games and in three straight uh, he should be started with confidence just in time to let us down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I still think uh, we like the over-under here. We like the environment. San Francisco, they've allowed the 10th most points per game to the quarterback. Uh, we like that, of course. On, Johnny, there's not much to say about our big you know, big three. We do what we do with the Vikings' big three. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, they're all auto starts at this point. Yep, uh, I you know, slightly temper expectations with the Thielen, uh, but yeah, Justin but I feel Jefferson. Like that Thielen yeah. story, like yeah, it is tempering yeah. expectations, but then he scores, and you're like, it's okay, a, yeah, I'm fine, and, and you're and you're not surprised. You're like, yeah, okay, it's a Thielen, yeah. So again, you're just starting all all of them, and you're and not surprised your- if he gets sixty yards. You're not surprised like six points in in a in a standard format. You're not surprised if he goes for twenty or twenty five, you know? right? Because he gets yep. two touchdowns and you know sixty yards. Absolutely. On the San Francisco 49ers side of the ball, I want to look at these pass catchers. Johnny, they're all heating up here. Debo dominating, Ayuk coming alive, and then, of course, we've got Kittle healthy and balling himself. Heating up like you're probably heating up that oven right now to throw the turkey in as we as you're listening to this podcast, which we appreciate. And certainly, you're going to stay in the flames with them this week. Look, Debo, this is what's interesting. What I, I do like about Debo is they're starting to use him all over the field. They're making him more of like the Robert Woods of that offense. And it does make sense because Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan kind of mimic each other and they're both talented offensive minds. So it makes sense that that would be something Kyle Shanahan picked up off of uh, Sean McVay. And they are certainly that after seeing five rushing attempts last week, Travis from Debo, 
which we talked about. We didn't expect that. I was, I didn't expect him to get, a, I thought that would be a season high. No, they gave him nine last week, Travis, and it's super effective. Why not? He is one of the best yards after contact running back or players. You know, we called him, a, he's like a pit bull. That's what he's uh, equated to by his, uh, you know, wide receiver core and, and, and coaches and stuff. So you're keeping Debo. That makes him really safe. You know, don't look, you know, it's not, uh, he only saw two targets, I believe, uh, which could be some concern. But again, because he's getting that rushing uh, ability, it gives him that safe floor upside. Now, Ayuk, because Debo has been cooling in the passing over the last few weeks, Ayuk is heating up, eclipse a uh, 90% route threshold in three straight games. He's had two top 10 finishes in that span. Uh, he's being uh, ran. He's being the leader in both routes ran and target share over uh, the last four weeks. So the strength of schedule, especially in this game, you're getting them in your lineup, uh, especially against the Minnesota Vikings, who uh, they are ranked third in the most fantasy points per game allowed to wide receivers in the last four weeks. So definitely a juicy, ju juicy matchup for them. And then I'm just going to touch on on Kittle. Minnesota now while they're really good and really susceptible to wide receivers they're actually pretty more you know, they're more stout against the tight end position just bottom six and fancy points allowed to the tight end position over the last four weeks so just temper your expectations again Kittle is a tight end you're still throwing him in your lineup because you we all know the upside with Kittle um but just temper those expectations yeah Don't and especially like uh, he's he just gets it done because he's a baller, right? You put right. your best against your best. Like even against the Arizona, who have been way great yeah. against tight end, he came out Kittle and home hundred right. yards, you know, and a touchdown. So I still think Kittle has huge upside, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, you're right. Like let's take a look and and, and talk. You know, uh, ease up a little bit on thinking he'll just smash this week. But yep. Yep. we look at uh, somebody who has an opportunity to smash Jimmy Garoppolo here. Don't look now, but in six point touchdown leagues for the quarterback, he's not scored fewer than 19 fantasy points in four straight games. The 49er offense we talked about looks like it's turning it a, a bit of a corner. Kittle's healthy. Debo ball in the run game productive. We've even got a Ayuk, as Johnny said. Garoppolo now has six touchdowns to only one interception in his last three games. This week, he's my top streamer. San Francisco has the third highest implied team total. And the Vikings defense that just gave up over 30 fantasy points to Aaron Rodgers is who he will face. Now, we have to break down this backfield, Johnny. Um, Elijah Mitchell was seen at practice with a non-contact jersey. That's how he kind of spent last week, obviously, as the finger fracture. Uh, it, I did find out it is on his right hand. It is on the ball-carrying hand. Oh, so we'll see how that plays. But it does sound like San Francisco wants to get him in the lineup as soon as possible. So we'll continue to monitor that. Mitchell, when healthy, Johnny is averaging the 11th most touches per game uh, among running backs, 17 and a half. He currently ranks 24th in running back grade per pro football focus. These are the running backs PFF has graded him higher than Najee Harris, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, and Daryl Henderson. So, for example, when he gets touches and we think he's a good back, it's good stuff for us, right? Now, got to talk about Jeff Wilson because if Mitchell is out, we want to know if we can project Milson. Well, I kind of told you guys we had a feeling Wilson was going to be the backup, the clear backup, and he was. 20 touches last week without Mitch Mitchell. Now, it only equated to 58 scoreless yards. Some of that was lack of his upside, shaking off rust. Maybe he's not the same player, but also some of that was uh, surprisingly tough Jaguars defense last week, and Mitchell was overthrown by Garoppolo on a red zone target that would have made his day there, and he was given a couple red zone looks. So I don't think that Wilson is really as, as bad as like his, his floor showed us last week, and I think you know, we're going to need to monitor Mitchell's status, 
But should he retain the 17-plus touch upside in this offense? He's starting, so we're starting him. Should Mitchell play or should Wilson start in relief? The San Francisco backfield will face a Vikings defense that is top 12 in points allowed to the running back at 19.1. So I think it's a really good spot for the running game on Sunday. I mean, you almost want Mitchell to rest one more week. Yeah, well, if you have have Wilson. Yeah, uh, I'm in that position in a couple leagues, but also I love Mitchell's upside as a pure runner. And I think like this could be that pop game for him. So as mm-hmm. long as the finger's not going to affect him, the last thing I need is for him to get in there and fumble and lose. I the know job. that would be the worst. All right. Moving on. We have the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Cleveland Browns on Sunday night football. But remember, if you want fresh fantasy football content, you want it on the daily, click that subscribe button over on the YouTube channel. Hit that like button and give us some love on your way in. All right, so the Baltimore Ravens are favored by four and a half. This is a 45 and a half point over under uh, for Baltimore versus Cleveland. And we've got a bunch of stuff going on here with the running backs, Johnny. We have Kareem Hunt activated. Will he be back officially active in time for the game? Will we know in time? And how do we project this running backs situation going into that Baltimore game or Baltimore matchup? I suspect that we will know in time for this game. I usually it comes out Sunday night or Saturday night. Uh, we get you know tweets and and uh, we'll get some kind of sense as to what they're going to do with Kareem Hunt, whether they're going to activate him or not. I suspect if they do play him or activate him, that he will. He is healthy enough. We've seen this, you know, with all the other running backs so far this season. I don't see them veering from that. It is a very difficult matchup. You're talking about the Baltimore Ravens are dead last in fantasy points uh, allowed to enemy running backs over the last four weeks. So, uh, you know, are you going to bench Nick Chubb? No, you're not because, uh, you know, this you're probably offense- not mentioned Hunt either, no. right? Like uh, just the, the climate of, of running back right now. Well, not only the climate, but then the one nice thing, the little, you know, you dig a little deeper into the details, Big Travi, and what you do find is that although they are pretty stout against the running back position in general, they have been, in fact, uh, allowing 502 yards to the receiving backs this year, which is top eight in the NFL. Uh, So I do think because uh, Kareem Hunt, if he comes back, would get that receiving work down, uh, you know, bulk of it. And so I do think that that makes him uh, a fine flex play this week. Really? Uh, the only thing else I really want to talk about, I mean, Jarvis Landry could be an interesting wide receiver three, yeah. obviously, but I, I think he's going to need to, he just has not been very good uh, this year. He's been dinged up. So and the passing the attack for Cleveland has been yeah. just God awful. Yeah. So obviously Baker, dinged up maybe not very not maybe not as good as we thought uh whatever's going on with the wide receivers but austin hooper look i know it's looking bleak for our kelsey owners this week but one of my favorite streaming options is austin hooper on sunday night against the ravens hooper now has five or more targets in three of his last four games and 50 yards or a touchdown in back-to-back games this week he's going to get the ravens we talked about how they're stout everywhere else over 13 points per game to the position that's top five this year uh for our tight ends to face baltimore On the Baltimore side of the ball, we've got Lamar Jackson back in action. Most likely Harbaugh saying he's going to practice. He should be back after an illness this week. I thought you couldn't get sick when you're already the illest, but he proved us all (laughs) wrong by getting a little bit of a bug there. Top 10 option in four of the last five game plays is Lamar. 50 or more rushing yards in those same four games. Will be nice to get him back. The NFL and fantasy football are much better when he's playing and playing well. 
Lamar has a real shot at a ceiling game against a Brown defense. They've given up the third most passing touchdowns this year. And we know when Lamar can get there as a passer, that's a big game for you because he's already going to get there on, on, on the in the rushing. Johnny, don't look now. But again, Devonta Freeman taking yeah, over the dude. backfield here. Look, I want a DJ Khaled. I was telling you guys, like, it's gross, but we need to try and put our flag on one of these backs, right? We had to figure out if one of them could win it a couple weeks ago. Well, look, uh, I look at last or I look at week six as the first time since Freeman played with Murray other than last week, right? In the five games since the Murray injury, Freeman has double-digit PPR fantasy points in four of them. He's now got 13 or more touches in three straight games post-Baltimore's bye. This includes last week where Murray first game back and Freeman saw a season high 22 touches for Baltimore. That's a season high for any running back in this offense all year, Johnny. So that's something we like to see there. We know he's old. We know he's a little bit dusted, but he's still getting there as a receiver in a lot of ways and looking good in that stretch. We're going to keep an eye on Murray, Johnny. He saw 12 touches in his return, but he failed to top 40 yards. We go back. We look at Freeman. He's the RB 31 in that span since Murray's been down. And he remains a nice flex option this week in most formats. Cleveland can be had on the ground. Swift showed us that last week. And although Freeman is a far cry from Swift, Browns are giving up 18 points per game to the position. So we're not afraid of the matchup. If we've been having to flex Freeman, you can be confident in flexing him or RB3, 2, twoing him if that's a if that's a RB2. RB2 him. him. Uh <laughs> Pass catchers, we got to look at their health. Uh, Marquise Brown probably returned to practice. Bateman, we're looking at these guys. Uh, obviously, we're starting Mark Andrews everywhere we got him. Yep. What do we think about the pass catchers as far as the receivers are concerned, Johnny? Starting Mark Andrews, I do want to bring in the discussion of the wide receivers because, listen, uh, Lamar has been on a roll. We've seen Brown, Marquise Brown, when he plays, he's been uh, very, very good, right? He's had a couple of down weeks. And then we've seen Bateman start to emerge over the last few weeks. Here's what I do want to suggest. I want to pump the brakes a little bit this week. I know that on paper, this looks like a juicy, juicy matchup against Cleveland. But if you look at, uh, if you filter the data since week seven, the Browns have allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Uh, and so that does bode some concern for me when, when I'm looking at a banged up, Marquise Brown and uh, and then Bateman, who is a rookie. Now, I would like Bateman a lot more if Brown did end up sitting, if he doesn't ultimately give it a go. And then, uh, you know, if if Brown ends up playing, I think Brown is a wide receiver three this week with upside. Obviously, he can hit that long and and. Cleveland is somewhat susceptible to the longer deep down the field passes. So I do think that Brown, if he plays, is still in your lineup. Uh, but Marquise, I think you're or excuse me. I do think that Bateman is a little bit more of a risky gamble this week. Absolutely. We're moving on to the final matchup. It's the Monday night football matchup where the Washington football team is hosting the Seattle Seahawks. But again, if you want that fresh fantasy football content, you like it daily, hit that subscribe button over on the YouTube channel, hit that like button yeah. on your way in and help us continue to grow the channel over there. As we look at this Monday night football matchup, Johnny, it's a 46 and a half point over under. It's a basically a pick them at this point. Uh, the Vegas, not sure who will win this game. So they call it even here. Um, the question mm -hmm. when we look at this, Johnny, is really can can Russ cook again? And is this the primetime matchup that he needs to get right here? So the last two weeks, 
Well, last week, it looked like Russ should be in your lineup, right? You probably started him the first week that was in your lineup, and he's put up duds. So you're probably looking elsewhere because you can't trust him. And I get it. That's what we have seen from Russell Wilson throughout his career. Yeah. Yeah. But what I will say is when you look at what those two defenses have been doing to the quarterback position over the last five weeks, they've actually been bottom 10 in fantasy points allowed. Now, this week, he gets a a matchup against Washington, which during that same span is top eight for quarterback play. So I do think that you can get him in your lineup. And I do think this is a game where he does kind of bounce back. He should. If he does not in this game, it is real panic mode. I don't know if you can trust him moving forward at all. Uh, And then you're just I just want to touch on the wide receivers real quick, Travis, before I ask you what your thoughts are on the running back situation. But with DK Lockett and with Tyler uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett almost formed him into one wide receiver. How ultimate of a receiver would that be? Huh? Um, But (laughs) (laughs) that would be a mega boss receiver. But uh, I, I if I'm if you're asking me, you know, to the same question, do I trust Russell this week? I said yes, so therefore I do also trust the the wide receivers, DK and Lockett in the same span because Washington, 31.9 fantasy points allowed in the last four contests to uh, opposing wide receivers. So I do think that's enough fantasy points to go around. We know that they funnel these you know, passes mostly to those two, and so I'm okay with uh, starting both. Yeah, DK just not really connecting with Russ over the last couple of weeks, right. but still eight targets in each game. And so still we like the upside that DK presents. Look, when Gino was in, DK was still a wide receiver one, and that's because he was breaking tackles, getting it done, and, and scoring touchdowns. Russ, again, like you said, I think you pointed it out beautifully here. Arizona and Green Bay played really, really good defensive ball against those two mm-hmm. uh, or against uh, the Seahawks in both those games. And I think that's what you can see in teams that match up well against them. I don't see that in Washington because they can get beaten the secondary so easily. And so you want that for your uh, wide receivers. And then looking at the schedule for our guys uh, in Seattle, they have some nice secondaries that they can attack down the stretch here. So I I do think that there's better days ahead for this passing attack. But um, I will touch in now on Alex Collins. He continues to see work as the lead back with 10 or more carries in every game since week four. Unfortunately, he hasn't cracked 40 yards since week six. So Johnny, it's tough, but he's getting the usage. So, again, he's kind of like that ugly flex for you. You don't really want to start it or an ugly RB2 if you have to because of the nature of the game here. Washington football, middle of the pack as far as points allowed. But what, what we really want out of Seattle is for this offense to get going, to put Collins in a touchdown range so that he can fall in, kind of like what, why we liked Carson so much is because we liked the offense to get into the red zone and potentially get a touchdown. For the Washington football team, Johnny, We have Heineke. He's a sneaky start this week, potentially coming off throwing three touchdowns against the Panthers. But was that was only the second time he did it all year. In fact, it was the first time he'd thrown for more than one touchdown since week four. Seattle has been a mixed bag on D, but they have limited QBs to about 17 points per game. I just like a few more guys a bit more with more upside than Heineke this week. Uh, For me, I won't be starting Taylor in any league uh, that I have him. I just think it's too risky for me. Um, On the other side, for you, basically for the running backs, Johnny, are, are you really feeling the Gibson hype here? You think he can get it done? I am feeling the Gibson hype right now. I'm going to keep rolling him out there until he basically, uh, uh, you know, 
I, I hate to say this, but until he, you know, just goes down on the field, because it's probably what Washington is go- is doing right now. Uh, you look at what he's done over the last two weeks, 43 total touches, Travis. So it seems like they, you know, Washington is confident enough to give him that kind of workload. Uh, I'm expecting that to happen again this week. And so I'm going to keep playing him in my lineup. Uh, and then you even look at the matchup, which also bodes well for Gibson. Seattle top four and fantasy points allowed to the running back position over the last five weeks, giving up a whopping 30.1 fantasy points to enemy running backs. And then if you're just touching on uh, McKissick here real quick, Travis, I actually would still flex. Uh, I think he's a RB three flex play for me this week. Still, despite the, yeah, I'm, I'm flexing, um, flexing on him with McKissick this week because you look at Seattle, they've given up 726 receiving yards to opposing running backs this season, which is the most in the league. And then we look at Gibson, and although he's getting a lot of touches, he's got a, getting a lot of running back carries, he's getting zero targets. So they are going to McKissick. And I just told you how many receiving yards they're letting up. So I do think that you can pl- uh, play McKissick this week if you need to. Yeah, I'm glad you said this. You put me some confidence. This gem gave me some confidence in McKissick. I have uh, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram in a, in a PPR league, and go. I'm looking for a, a fill-in, so I picked up McKissick. I, I'm actually a little bit more confident in that. When nice. we look at the pass catchers outside of the running backs, the pass catchers, the wide receivers here, I want to look at McLaurin and friends, which is basically just – you know, Logan Thomas coming back yeah. here. So well, McLaurin's my auto start. Obviously, the volume's there. This is a good matchup for him to get home in. DeAndre Carter, I just feel is like chasing points still. Now, you can sash him and see, but with Logan Thomas expected back, I imagine Carter's going to lose some of his touchdown upside with Thomas back in the lineup. Expected to return to practice. We're going to need to monitor Logan Thomas' status. But a decent welcome back present for uh, Logan Thomas. Hawks are giving up eight points per game to the tight end. So I actually like Logan Thomas to get right back in your lineup. If he can make it in time, hopefully you have RSJ. I, I don't know what his status is, but he'd be able to fill in. And in case, you know, Thomas didn't go on Monday night for that late one. Yep. All right, Johnny, that does it for us. in part two of the week 12 matchup show, if you want part one, head on over to wherever you get your podcast and get that thing over there to get all the other action. <laughs> if you what what are you laughing at bro i just it just is funny huh uh, I, I, what? hey turkey day man i'm excited Kelvin, dude yeah, yeah it's coming giddy over there yeah i'm giddy yeah. i'm ready for that like thanksgiving that meal until he realizes what day it is tomorrow yeah 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 anyways uh that does it for us here as i was trying to say before i was so rudely interrupted here uh but if you guys want more lineup advice remember we go live an hour and a half before kickoff over on youtube and one last you know break the glass uh ditch effort is to head on over to the fantasywhispers.com and get our rankings over there for any lineup decisions as well for johnny game time hicks i'm big travi we're the fancy whispers hope you had a good thanksgiving week and go eat that w Peace. oh hey you made it to the end of the video If you like what you saw and you want to learn how to dominate your own draft and win your own league, head on over to thefantasywhispers.com and grab your copy of the Fantasy Whispers Draft Kit today. Or click the link in the description below. And if you're still not sold, check out one of these videos.